Hello, and welcome everyone. This is our very first episode of the new College of Arts and Letters podcast. I'm Hannah, one of your co-hosts and an intern at the college. I'm Sam. I'm also an intern at the College of Arts and Letters. And I'm Dean Chris Long, the Dean of the College of Arts and Letters. And you're listening to The Liberal Arts Endeavor, a podcast by the College of Arts and Letters. Each episode throughout the academic year will feature a different liberal arts story within the college that we'll take you through. Sam, Hannah, tell me a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Well, besides being a communications and social media intern here at the College of Arts and Letters, I'm a senior majoring in professional writing. I'm also an intern at Big Brothers Big Sisters in Lansing and do their communications and development. And I'm the communications chair, I don't know if you've seen a theme here, uh, for a student organization on campus called Alternative Spartan Breaks. I also did communications over the summer in London for a nonprofit called Facing Films. I'm Hannah. I'm also a professional writing major, and on top of being a communications and social media intern for the college, I am also the social media director for Vim Magazine, MSU's student-run on-campus fashion, beauty, and lifestyle magazine. So, uh, Dean Long. Yes. We don't know anything about you yet. Our listeners just here, Dean Christopher P. Long, they have no idea what's going on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to sitting in here in the studio with us right now. Well, I am very happy to be sitting in the studio here with you two. I really am glad that we're finally doing a podcast. I think I have been pressing for uh, a College of Arts and Letters podcast from the time I started here in July of 2015. So I think the best way to, you know, I say on my social media uh, profiles, husband, father, philosophy professor, associate, uh, and dean. I still have associate dean in my head. I don't know. So no. Um, And it's probably that's probably a good place to start for me. I I put those up there because that's kind of the order of things for me. My family really comes first. I met my wife when I was a graduate student at the New School for Social Research in New York City. And she grew up in Queens. And we have two daughters, Hannah and Chloe. So Hannah, name, mm-hmm. name the same name as yours. And we also have a, another intern named Chloe. So we have uh, the interns, Hannah and Chloe, and my daughters, Hannah and Chloe. That was not planned. And Chloe is, uh, my daughter Chloe is 12, and my daughter Hannah is 10. And they are growing up very quickly. As they do. They do. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the great joys uh, of my life is seeing how they are growing and seeing how they're finding their way into the world and, and learning uh, what it means to, be, to live meaningful and thoughtful lives. And I guess that brings me then to philosophy professor and dean. Those are the last two pieces of my profile that I, that I put on my social media um, various sites. And I, um, so philosophy professor, uh, I think it's often misunderstood what a philosophy professor is. When I say that to people, they're either like, oh my gosh, I love my philosophy class, or they say, I had such a terrible philosophy (laughs) class. But actually, I think of philosophy more as a way of living and a way of being engaged with the world uh, that sort of looks at the world and your place in it in and tries to figure out how to make a meaningful contribution. So that's part of what I 
uh, think about when I think about myself as a philosophy professor and uh, try to integrate into my classes. And, and that ultimately is why I decided to go into administration and to think about how I could help people in the college and associated with the college, with the higher education endeavor to, to think about what their lives mean and how to live more meaningful lives. So that's a little bit about who I am. Awesome. So our first real question is, why did you come to MSU of all the schools and universities around the world? Well, I was recruited to Michigan State University, and that was very um, heartening to, to have people come. To, it's heartening when people come to you and say, hey, will you apply for this job? And we think you'd be good at Michigan State. So I had known a little bit about the university when before I applied because I have a number of uh, people who I'm partnering with in some projects. We have a Mellon-funded public philosophy journal project that is that I work on with Matrix, which is Digital Humanities and Social Science Center here. Dean Rayberger is the director of that, and I've known Jeff Grable and Bill Hart-Davidson in their roles and their work in the digital humanities before I came to Michigan State. But what I didn't realize before I got here was just the tremendous community that is here at Michigan State, both from a um, faculty perspective. We have some just some of the world-class, most creative faculty that are, that are out there. And then also from an administrative perspective, it's been really neat to sort of find my way into the administrative life at Michigan State. There's a real commitment to the land-grant mission of Michigan State, a commitment to the idea that education should be accessible to a wide variety of people, and also to the idea that that we have a responsibility to educate the next generation of citizen leaders. So it was really that kind of spirit of the land-grant mission that informs Michigan State University and the thought that I could help think about and advance the mission of the university through the liberal arts that really attracted me to, uh, to Michigan State. What I also didn't realize was how awesome the students are. And uh, one of the great things about our internship program is I get to interact with you and see a little bit about uh, about what you're doing and see how the education you're receiving here is is shaping your lives. Amazing. Um, so you've been here for a bit more than a year, coming up on kind of a year and a half. Um, what have you enjoyed most so far? Well, podcasting is a highlight <laughs> right now. Of course. <laughs> um, I, though the... the things that I enjoy most have been working with the people. So um, we've been doing a lot, we've been having a lot of conversations among the faculty about how we're going to advance the, the quality of the education we're providing students. And, and that's been exciting. The faculty is just a, such a creative group. They're so committed to what they're doing, not only their scholarship, but also the, the, the mission of the university. And then, of course, working with students, which since I'm not teaching every semester, I miss a little bit. Um, but it's been really neat to see what happens to students as they undertake these experiences that we, we try to provide for them. In fact, I think, Sam, when you were, t when you were introducing yourself, you were talking about your experience in, in uh, London. And I was 
happy to live vicariously through that <laughs> on Instagram and everywhere else. So, I mean, I would love I to hear more. I think there was a hashtag there for that. that? Was, sh- what, what was that? That was uh, um, study abroad vicariously yes, or something. Of course. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, obviously. I think it would trended worldwide at some uh, point. Yeah, it, right? it caught on. Exactly. Um, but yeah, how, how was that experience for you? It seemed like a great time. Absolutely amazing, yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of study abroad programs where you go with a big group and you are led by a teacher and you go to different places but this one was we were just working professionals in London for two months which was just an amazing experience that we got to really see what it's like to be a working person and I got amazingly placed with um, this nonprofit and this group of ladies that just wanted to change the world and so it was really really cool to be over there and experience a different culture because it is a lot different than you would think like you're like oh they speak English so it's fine but it's so different so it was really cool to experience that and then get awesome work experience, too. Well, you were there for Brexit, too, right? I Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Um, all before, because I was very interested in it, before the vote happened, I'd like go up to people in bars, be like, so what do you think about Brexit? And they'd be like, uh, what? <laughs> and then after, I was like, so. And everyone in London, of course, was very sad. Like, it was the saddest thing I've ever seen being in London after the Brexit vote. But, yeah, it was a very, like, culturally and politically heated time to be over there that was just incredible to to be a part of did you feel like people were just not were not voting that or i mean there was a there was a pretty good turnout wasn't it they just didn't yeah yeah most people um went out and voted um it's just the the voices that were heard you know the the loud i guess minority is is who uh you know everyone was hearing and then it was a pretty big surprise to everyone I interacted with you know I was with a feminist organization so and lived in London so I was surrounded by by basically one side of the story um so that's why it was very sad in London when uh when the vote went through well I remember seeing that happen on the news and then being really excited to see what you were saying on Snapchat and on on Instagram and everywhere else just to see, okay, well, we've got somebody on the ground at Sam's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think the program I'm going on, is, uh, went on, is going to London this year because of the complications that's from Brexit. So it was a great time for me to be over there, <laughs> but the, uh, the uh, consequences were kind of a bummer for future people. But Yeah. Well, that's one of the things we need to really think about is what, what are the implications for that? Because study abroad is one of the most important experiences I think you can have when you're an undergraduate. Absolutely. All right. So what is the role of a dean at a university? Talk us through it. That's a very good question. A lot of, a lot of people, I don't think, uh, understand what, what a dean does, although maybe there's some caricatures from <laughs> Animal House and other things, right? Um, the dean of a college is basically the chief academic officer for the college. So she or he is responsible for making sure that the educational experience for students is of high quality. We are responsible for the hiring of new faculty and the um, we oversee the promotion and reappointment and tenure process for for faculty so that that's a huge part of the job something we we take very seriously as we think about you know who um, is going to really shape the lives of students for for generations to come and uh, what so we I, I report to the directly to the provost who's the chief academic officer for the university and 
she reports to the president. So, so that's kind of the line of, of, of command. We at Michigan State have a unique, I think, situation in that we have a lot of little colleges. Many universities our size have one big College of Arts and Sciences, and that includes all the sciences and all the humanities and social sciences and the arts. But here at Michigan State, we have, uh, I think, 18 different colleges. And so there are three core colleges, the College of Natural Science, the College of Social Science, and the College of Arts and Letters. And normally those three are in, or in many cases, those three are in, in one big college. But I think there's some real advantages to having smaller colleges. We, we get to collaborate between the deans of those colleges, and we can each focus more strategically on the areas that we oversee. So that's a, a that's been a real a really exciting part of my job is collaborating with the other deans and also thinking about well what does the liberal arts mean in the 21st century what is the shape of an education in the arts in the performing arts in the in the graphic and fine arts and and what is an education in the humanities what ought that to look like now and how can that enrich our uh, students' experiences and prepare them for the 21st century. You talk about collaboration with other deans, and speaking of hashtags, uh, the hashtag Spartan Deans yes. went around uh, a lot during the summer and uh, maybe even last spring. Uh, how, tell us about hashtag Spartan Deans. Well, so we, I, you know, let we could talk a little bit about social media and the use of social media because it's it's probably um, it, it's one of those things that I really. Um, enjoy and and try to use to create community. Um, and so when I when I arrived here at Michigan State, I knew that what I wanted to do was um, was use my social media presence to amplify the work that we're doing, amplify the work that others are doing, and build community around the educational mission of the university. Now, uh, you know, there are not a whole lot of deans who are you know, using social media in that way. Mm -hmm. So, but there are some. We have we have a number of them. Um, Prabhu David is on, is has got a good presence. The the dean of the College of Communication Arts and Sci the Communication um, Arts and Sciences, and so and he and I've been collaborating a lot on a number of uh, of initiatives. We were in Traverse City, and Hannah was there right, for that. Right, right. She, she, we had a, certainly had a good time. We could talk more about that too in a minute. But, but one of the ways in which I thought we could amplify the work that we were doing together was to try to take a picture when we're working together, and you know, start with the hashtag Spartan Deans, and and it's already it's picked up a little yeah. bit. I think the the um, the fun one of the fun aspects of social media is just to is just to see how things kind of pick up and right. and take have a life of their own is that how the uh, patented and famous dean long selfie came about the dean long selfie yes yeah, so I think I, I guess I, I have to admit probably starting that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know I do worry a little bit about the issue of of having a, the selfie be seen as too self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. And um, but uh, the way that I've tried to model how to use it is by uh, amplifying the work that's being done uh, by other people. So um, you you. 
you won't really find too many selfies of me by myself. <laughs> um, you'll rather it's really trying to celebrate the kind of work that's being done together. So I'm sure we'll have a selfie after this. We'll have to definitely have a podcast yeah. selfie. Hashtag podcast selfie. <laughs> exactly. The and first, my first day of work here at Cal, I remember walking into Linton, going up to the third floor, and the first thing that happened before I got any, before I even sat down at my desk was the dean came in and we took a dean long selfie and I was like, whoa, did that just happen? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's also a great way to break down the barriers. You know, people think, okay, he's the dean. He, you know, you can't come talk to him. You don't, you know, he'd be hard to talk to. So part of the strategy for me is just to be more approachable. Yeah. You know, so and 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 plus we have fun taking a selfie and now, you know, you can talk about it. Absolutely. So you have a super major online presence and you kind of talk about that a lot with the graduate students with their portfolio. So why do you think it's important for students to have an online presence, whether that be their portfolio, um, keeping clean social media, anything like that? Well, when you think about faculty and graduate students in particular, I, although I think we could also talk about y- you as undergraduates mm-hmm. and, and how important it is to think about your online mm-hmm. profile uh, as, you, as you move out into the workplace, um, but but specifically, we've been working with faculty to talk to them about uh, developing a, an online space where they could live out loud their scholarly activity. So part of the challenge has been, and I think one of the things that I, one of the ways that my approach to this is different from, from some others is that um, the idea is not just to have something up online that you kind of update periodically as an afterthought, but but actually to use the space online as a hub of community around your work. And that works for scholarship for faculty, but it also works for um, graduate students and undergraduate students. And think about, you know, what kind, how do you want to appear in public um, with uh, a site that shows the best work that you're doing and and even could be unfinished work that would which I think a lot of people have trouble kind of giving them permission to put out there sure. and, you know thinking about their work in progress and playing with some ideas so one of the things I tried to do early on was say I realized that my job required a lot of writing and a lot of sort of for me I use writing to clarify my ideas and and think about what works and what doesn't and I thought well you know, I'm always going to do some of that in private just with, with you know, in my notebooks and things. But, but I wanted to also do something more out loud in public. So I decided sort of, as I sort of call it, writing along the way. And um, I, it's a little bit of a risk because you're kind of – these are not fully baked ideas often. And when you're the dean, people tend to – ascribe a certain authority to everything you say. So I but I knew enough about myself to know that I needed some space to think and and the permission to think. So I've tried to model that online with this writing along the way. We've been using Medium. We we use the the Longview blog mm-hmm. to do that. And um, it's been interesting to see people's responses to that. It's been pretty positive, I think. Great. And Hannah's big on online platforms, too. Yes. Hannah, tell us all about your different things. Um, I do a lot online. Um, um, I was definitely someone that felt comfortable making friends on the Internet. 
I always have been. Um, so that kind of opened a lot of doors for me. I write for a lot of different online platforms, um, College Fashionista, which is more about fashion. And then she did what she wanted, which is a group of just fearless girls from around the world that have become like my best friends. And this was all through social media and it's great. And I, it's also, I can put it in my portfolio because it's pieces of writing. Um, and it's just something that I want, I kind of want to turn into my career is like writing for the digital space. So. Yeah, well, it's been great to follow along what you're doing in those Thanks. various spaces. And you both have taught me an enormous amount about how to use social media to really amplify the the, the work that you're doing. I mean, you were at Traverse City and you were, yeah. we, we had such fun at, at Traverse <laughs> yes. City. How was that experience? Oh, probably will go down as my favorite overall MSU experience. Just, it was so much fun. It made me feel that much more connected to the university in ways that, like, football games kind of don't, you know, like, that's when you really feel like, yay, MSU. But this was just so cool because it was so many talented people that you don't really get to see it all the time. And just interacting with so many different people in the college and in the College of Communication Arts and Sciences and I just had so much fun running around tweeting and snapping <laughs> and taking photos. And I will never forget following around Sparty through downtown Traverse City. I don't think my kids will forget that either. <laughs> no. That was great. So, so no. this was at the Traverse City Film Festival, right. and we, we, we had a huge presence there. And it was, it was great to it's see so Sparty. Fun. He came right in into the opening party. Michael Moore was there. Yeah, we I mean, stopped it was, traffic. Oh, it was so much fun. It was fun. It was fun. That definitely is going to be a memory for my kids, yeah. too, because they were following him around. They were. They, they were so fun. They were my little partners in crime exactly. throughout the week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, snapping, if you're not following us on Snapchat, MSU Cal, or Instagram, MSU Cal, or Twitter, Cal MSU, note the difference. Yes. Uh, you should go ahead and do that because, like we've been saying, social media is super important and we post a lot of interesting and fun things. And if you're uh, squatting on MSU Cal out there in Twitter land, we'd love to take that off your hands. It's true. Right. Um, so what are the most rewarding parts of being the dean here at the College of Arts and Letters? Well, the most rewarding part is, is working with students like you two and working with the faculty and, and the staff here. The people here at Michigan State are just so committed to the university, to the mission of the university, and to what I often refer to as the transformative power of education, the ability for us to um, come together and to begin to think more deeply about the world we share and to, and to think about what kind of contribution we're going to make to make that a, to make the world a more enriching place for all of us. So that's been the best part is really the people. So what are some of your goals you have for the Dean as the College of Arts and Letters for yourself, for students, for your faculty? What do you want to accomplish? Very uh, good question. So, so for the college, I mean, I came in with this idea that we should reinforce the notion that the liberal arts, the study of the humanities and the arts in particular, are at the heart of the Michigan State land-grant mission, especially for the 21st century. I think we're at a really important moment in human culture in because of the 
the affordances and the limitations of new technologies on our lives. And we've been talking about the fun that you can have with the new technologies, but there are limitations and there are ways in which technology can can impoverish our, our relationships with one another and, and our lives. So thinking about that is, is uh, really important. And I think the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State is really well positioned to bring the enduring values of the liberal arts to bear on these questions of new and emerging technologies, what they're doing to us, what we're able to do with them, and how we can um, can use them and can engage with them in ways that enrich our lives and enrich the world we're, we're inhabiting. So that's a, a, a big a big idea, and it's something that we've made some real progress toward, namely centering the uh, liberal arts endeavor uh, at, at Michigan State, making it part, making it at the heart of the Michigan State mission. Uh, and and part of that involves uh, raising the reputation of the college and the and the university. And so uh, to do that, you have to recruit and retain the very best faculty, and we're working on that every day and but but you can't just hire people you have to have a vision for what are the areas that you're going to strengthen in and we've and we're we're focusing on a number of of areas of importance Uh, the culturally engaged digital humanities is one of the areas design which is a hugely important you know part of our culture nowadays it saturates everything we do engage scholarship in an interconnected world, which is really around languages and around sort of thinking about how our scholarship can can enrich our lives together and and enrich the world where we are sharing with one another. So so thinking about how do you advance those things. Now with regard to students, you know, trying to enrich the undergraduate experience has been a really important priority for us and for me. We created the Citizen Scholars Program, which is designed to, to help students think about what, what role they want to play in the future of society, what, what kinds of citizens they want to be when, as they move through their college experience and then as they graduate. So uh, that program is exciting because it gives students a chance to, to, to aspire to be citizen scholars, and then when they do the things we ask them to do, they get some resources to do, study abroad experiences, internship experiences, and then once they do that, we ask them to, to do more. We ask them to think about how they're integrating their arts and, and humanities experience into their responsibilities as citizens. So those are, those are some of the things I'm excited about in the college. What's happening right now that's exciting? A student comes up and is like, arts and letters, what goes on in there? What would you tell them? Well, that's a good question. So we, we have uh, also, I mean, first of all, we've got some great majors. I know that uh, w- one of the majors that I'm very excited about is experience architecture, which kind of combines graphic design, rhetoric, and computer science. It's really focused around the user experience. It's human-centered user experience design. So I think students need to understand that the majors that we're offering in the college are not always what they might expect uh, of a college of arts and letters. On the other hand, I would say that you know one of the greatest things that we offer is the chance to to 
more deeply understand literature, more deeply understand the art world, uh, think about what creativity might mean, uh, and how you can um, cultivate the habits of innovation and creativity and eloquence in your speaking as you move into, into the wider world. So, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about is the fact that you have this time, this four years to, um, that open for you to sort of figure out who you want to be and how, and how you want to shape uh, the world that uh, we are living in. So outside of selfies and social media, what are some of your interests outside of the liberal arts that college students might be interested in knowing about you? Well, uh, I like to walk. That's one of the <laughs> things that you've seen me walking around the, the campus. I love the campus. such a beautiful campus. I also happen to have an Apple Watch that I like to feed because it's tracking my steps. It's tracking my exercise and all that. But I, I do that because um, it, it, it makes me feel better. And also because I think when you, when you uh, walk, you, you know, it... it, it, it it allows you to think about things in a different way. I think there's kind of um, synapses that fire when you're walking that, that don't otherwise fire, fire. So I often will have walking meetings with, with faculty and staff, and uh, I, I love to walk uh, in the evenings before it got too dark at night with my wife, and we would take a walk every night. So we, we love to do that. I love, you said it outside the liberal arts, but I, I love reading, and particularly reading with my daughters. We read before bed often. We read the whole of, of Harry Potter, and that was so awesome. Amazing. It was definitely a highlight. That was some years ago, but we, we definitely um, go back to that frequently. So I love that uh, reading with them. Okay, uh, finally, for our last major question, what are you most impressed with at um, the College of Arts and Letters through your students. What do the students do that just blow you off your feet? Well, I mean, the experiences that students have in the college and at MSU uh, are tremendous. I mean, I was joking around with the incoming students this last year and, and talking about the fact that you could think of Michigan State as a, as, as a really souped-up sports car that has all kinds of uh, opportunities to it, and you you don't want to just drive the the car around at five or ten miles an hour going nowhere. You want to take it out and see where it can go, and and take advantage of all the opportunities that students have. So so study abroad, which was a hugely transformative experience for me when I was in college, is uh, it's great to see students who go abroad how they. They, they leave as one person and they return as a, as, as, as a uh, much more mature and much more worldly person. Uh, the internships that students have to have the opportunity to do, the service learning and the research that they can undertake with the faculty, that's just tremendous to see. And the real impact that students are making in the world, even as undergraduates, and in, in some cases, especially as undergraduates, is really heartening. So anytime somebody comes and says, oh, you know, the state of the world, this, I said, you, you got to have my job. <laughs> my <laughs> job is uh, great for, for anybody who has a pessimistic view because it's a great antidote to that because the hopefulness that, that the students bring is really heartening. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, being in a position to, to experience that with you. 
Ding, ding, ding. Do Uh-oh. you know what that sound means, Dean Christopher? Oh, Long. boy. It's time for our rapid fire right. round of questions where we're going to ask the Dean a series of questions in a very fast-paced manner, and you're going to have to answer in as quickly and efficiently oh, as you can. Bad. All right. Okay. Uh, Dean Long has not seen these I questions haven't, either. I haven't, and I'm so not even going to look. I'm not even going to look. These are straight off them. All right. Ready to go, Hannah? Ready. All right. Dean Long, what's your favorite person to follow on Twitter? Oh, my favorite person to follow on Twitter. That's a good question. Oh, Cal, Cal MSU, got to be. <laughs> Your go-to drink at Strange Matter. Whatever they have on uh, on on brew there, the, everything is great at Strange Matter. You sure Matter. are there a lot? Do you have like an honorary plaque or something yet? I should, but I'm, I, you know, I try to go there to work on my book. I haven't been there in a few weeks. I'm a little bummed about that. Best dining hall on campus to eat at? It's got to be Brody. Got to be Brody. If anyone, although um, Landon's good, Landon is. I know. We, that's where I live. So Landon's. All right, I know. I knew uh, you were if you could have them. lunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would you have lunch with? Plato. Mm. Favorite dairy store ice cream flavor. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> of so course, I it's did, a go-to. The 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 you know the politically correct answer would probably be sesquicentennial swirl. That's true. But I gotta say the Buckeye Blitz. Oh, that's same. My favorite. It's my favorite. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, if you were a fictional character, who would you be? Fictional character. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What popped into your head? Do you I don't know. No. Uh, popping into my head. I d- I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Uh, Time's up. All right. Any nicknames? <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> nicknames. Now, CP Long, that's the only thing I can think of. What's the P stand for? P for Philip. That's my grandfather's name. Philip. I, yes. uh, I don't think that was in our in our options that we were guessing. Nope. Uh, favorite spot on campus? Linton Hall. Of course. Right on. What's your favorite color besides university green, of course? Well, green has got to go green, but uh, purple. Me too. Favorite book? My favorite book is, well, I mean, the easy answer would be something like, you know, Plato's Symposium, but that's, you know, so <laughs> it's kind of boring. You know, my favorite book when I was in college was Anna Karenina. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't put that down. I know David Prestle will be happy about that because <laughs> he's a Russian scholar. What's a must-read book for students? Must-read book, I would say, is, I would say Plato's Symposium. Let's get meta. What's oh your favorite podcast? This one right here. <laughs> questions do you think you can though not very many okay. i feel like ba- i feel bad about <laughs> the the fictional character but what are you dressing up for for halloween i am going to dress up as dumbledore maybe that should be my <gasps> character amazing that's, that's a good one <laughs> finally who are your favorite in the world communications and social media interns it's gotta be sam and hannah sam and hannah <laughs> Okay, that's all we have for uh, Dean Long today. We just want to thank Dean Long for being here with us and know going forward that he'll be here with us all year long. Well, thank you both. I'm really excited about this podcast, and I'm looking forward to the conversations we will have. Uh, While you're waiting for our next episode, which will be sometime soon, probably around Halloween, uh, we're going to recommend two podcasts for you. Tea with the BVP, which is at teawithbvp.com, which is a weekly call-in show that discusses topics related to second language learning, teaching, and acquisition. There's also the MSU Comics Podcast, which is an in-depth interview with award-winning cartoonists, Michigan State University Special Collections highlights, and comics announcements from the MSU area. And you can 
reach more information at that at msucomics.libsyn.com. You're such a professional. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was, <laughs> look that at that, Reed. <laughs> Good. I'm Sam. I'm Hannah. <laughs> and I'm Dean Chris Long. Till next time, East Lansing. Who will? Spartans, Spartans will. will.